Blessed are you, O Virgin Mary, who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth, her cousin. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb. Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Most blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how is it that this should happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. Mary said, Magnificat anima mea. My soul magnifies the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every nation generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud of their conceit and cast down the mighty from their thrones as he's lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of Israel his servant for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham, Sarah, and their children forever. Mary remained with her for about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The fourth window on my left is a stained glass image of the visitation. When Mary, as this Gospel records, visited her cousin Elizabeth. In the first reading, we heard from St. Paul to the Romans sort of guidelines as to how we should live as Christians. And I could just imagine Mary, as Jesus was growing up, giving her, her son lessons. He was God, but he was also a little boy and born as an infant, as you know. And I could see her putting him on her lap and teaching her the ways of the scriptures and teaching Jesus what is good and what is evil and how he should stay away from evil and quoting Romans and hold on to what is good. How he should anticipate showing kindness and love to people how he should never grow tired and be fervent in the spirit. 
And that last section, there's more going, as you heard. Fervent in the Spirit, I think, captures Mary for us. She was chosen by God to bear his son, Jesus. And it was the Holy Spirit, once she agreed and said, your will be done, that came upon her by which she was impregnated. And Jesus became flesh. The incarnation took place because she was fervent in spirit. Young girl, maybe 15, about, we don't know exactly. But she was educated by her parents, Anna and Zechariah, to be fervent in the spirit, probably. She certainly passed it on to Jesus. She certainly passed on to Jesus how to be loyal to God and love people. She passed on to Jesus how to respect and hold on to the Holy Spirit that was in him. And therefore he could perform miracles filled with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit endowed him with such blessed power as the second person of the Blessed Trinity. But we're looking at Mary today who is fervent in the Holy Spirit. Think of her life, and many of you have similar lives, challenges, illnesses, separation. Joseph died. She separated from her husband at his death. And she was loyal to Jesus right to the end, even though sometimes they thought he was a little wacko. He was teaching like a rabbi and teaching about the new kingdom of God. And you could just imagine her neighbors say, hey, your son is really out there, Mary. And she was fervent in the spirit. She knew from the day that the angel gave her the message that she would be bearing the son of God, she held on to that faith. She held on to the fervor and the spirit. And, and we're talking about Mary, but we need to be talking about ourselves when we're listening to this scripture how we are challenged to hold on to our faith in the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit fills us as the Holy Spirit filled Mary. And what does she say? Oh, oh, great, um, you know, I'm a special person. She said, my soul, and I'd like to do that in Latin because the Magnificat is such a beautiful word, the first words of her prayer, my soul magnifies the Lord. Everything I do gives great glory to God, she's saying. And that's our prayer. Not me, 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 but God, 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 God in me. And the Holy Spirit in me. And Jesus in me. And there you have Mary. The incarnation within her body, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit filling her with faith, and fervor and she goes on and follows this son of God and you know I am sure and the scriptures can confirm this she wasn't 100% sure of what was going on but that's the difference between being sure and having faith she had faith that what she was doing was God's will because she prayed and she gave herself over to God. 
And Jesus, many years later, confirmed those words when he said, your will be done in the Lord's Prayer. That could very well have been Mary's prayer, your will be done. I don't know what it is all the time. It's a little shaky. I lost my husband, her parents. So she was treated like a, an all normal woman. Her son grows up and becomes their equivalent of a hippie. Goes off and preaches something that is so unusual that eventually for it he dies on the cross. But he knew what he was doing too. He was definitely fervent, fervent in the Holy Spirit. But it's always that connection that we need to make, that prayer between our faith in God and ourselves and our own present lives. Because we don't always know, know the presence of God, but we know in our faith the presence of God and the will of God. And in Romans, there's a little outline Hold on to what is good, get away from what is evil, care for the poor, show hospitality, bless the people who hurt you, bless them and don't curse them, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, have respect for everyone, even the lowly, and don't be so puffed up with your own self-estimation. That's Jesus. So what Paul is writing to the people of Rome, he wrote to us, and Mary already really imbibed all of that. We, we know by how she was faithful to Jesus. Think of the first miracle. She goes, tells Jesus, they have no more wine. I don't care. It's not my job. Jesus' response was, oh, they clean it up in the scriptures. What does it have to do with me, woman? An affectionate way of calling his mother. But she knew what she was doing. She had him right here in the palm of her hands. What does she say? She ignores that comment. She goes to the waiters and the servants. Do whatever he tells you to. And there, the abundance of wine comes. Filled with the Spirit. She's pregnant, and the angel who angelos, the messenger who tells her that she would be the son of the, the mother of the Son of God, again fervent in the spirit, not a hundred percent sure, even poor Joseph, you know, my betrothed is pregnant, and the Holy Spirit speaks to him as well. Again, it, it's in the world. It's not an easy trip for them. And what does she do? A few months pregnant, she goes to visit her kinswoman, Elizabeth. That's what that window epitomizes, shows, illustrates. She goes and takes care of someone who is already in her sixth month. There were no midwives, there were no hospitals, there were no neonatal communities or wards in the hospitals, no hospitals. So she rolled up her sleeve, filled with the Spirit, and did what needed to be done. Her cousin is a little older, we don't know how old, but she's older than her, old enough to be thought to be sterile and never have a baby, which is what the Angelos, the messenger, told her. All those who thought she was barren 
now can realize nothing is impossible for God. But this is the kind of connections Mary makes. She hears the message, she imbibes the message, and acts on it. Was it easy? Come on, we're Catholics, we know it. It ain't easy to believe in Jesus. It ain't easy to live his life in our own lives with our own conflicts. Look at the world. And yet, she rolled up her sleeves and with her husband went off to see and take care of her cousin and stayed with her a few months and then went home. Mary was filled with the fervency of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we commemorate today. And on a personal note, you know, I always have to give you a little story. I was probably in eighth grade when the pastor was renovating the parish, the rectory, and some of the church. And in front of the rectory were two statues in cast iron, one of Mary holding baby Jesus and the other St. Joseph. And I said to Father Santor, who is a saint, uh, what's going to happen to those statues when the church in the rectory gets renovated? And he, his insight, he says, why, you want one? He called me Skirty. And when he wasn't calling me Skirty, he was calling me Aloysius, the Latin word for Lewis. You want one, Aloysius? I said, yeah. Now, I'm this big, the statue's this big, it's cast iron, I wasn't going to move it, but I go home, and I tell my father, oh, Father Centura has given us the statue of Mary from the front of the rectory. And he looks at my mother and says, what are we going to do with that? It's life-size. In her wisdom, we'll build a shrine out front. So the shrine to Our Lady was built, and, and today, Feast of the Visitation, and it used to be called the Feast of the Queenship of Mary, we unveiled it. And we were in an Italian neighborhood, so we didn't do it alone. There were people coming and flowers coming and, and lights and candles. and uh, It was just a symbol of the neighborhood. And Mary stayed there until my father passed and the house was renovated and sold. And Mary is still with the family. That statue of Mary is in Florida. She's not on vacation. She's with our family in Florida. Beautiful statue of Mary dedicated today on the Feast of the Visitation. So now you got a little bit of me, a little bit of Mary, a little bit of Jesus, and we're united together in faith.